Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds from the Bodlo Racing Team. Hi, I'm James Moffat from the Norton Hornets. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert from Four Pepsi Max Crew, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. It is, look, it's great. It's a fun track. Um, I was conceived on the bolt, so um, <laughs> been, been here before. I wouldn't say it's the number one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment, but, but we, you know, Kim and I chip away at it, but right now we have nothing. Sometimes they're not dickhead you could say it's just it's, they're just there's good racing and i enjoy it yeah. from the racetracks across australia and around the world here's inside supercars hello and welcome to the show joining us from fairfax media and auto action it's mark fogarty and congratulations mark on becoming v8 supercars media award winner as well as a, a multiple v8 media association winner as well thanks very much craig Hello, everyone, and uh, yeah, that was, um, well, a big surprise, to say the least. Never thought I'd see that award, but under a new regime, things change, so there you go. I've got myself a, a huge cheese platter yes. dish <laughs> to display, but no, very heartening. It's always nice to be acknowledged for your work. And joining us from Speed Cafe, who certainly got a knowledge for the work at the V8 Media Awards, it's Tom Howard. Thanks for joining us, Tom. Oh, thanks for having me on the show. Look, uh, interesting. Volvo's boss has said, uh, well, it was his marketing boss, of course, has said is indicated that they might be withdrawing from motorsport. Uh, that one reported Auto Action Speed Cafe just about uh, anywhere that is following Vert Supercars. And uh, Auto Action also having a story that Tony Quinn is definitely not selling the Australian GT Championship. Over at Speed Cafe, Tom, you've got an interesting story there about Todd Kelly declaring it's business as usual for 2015, although they have a lot of work to do and a lot of decisions to make, particularly when it comes to engines. Yes, um, yeah, obviously the news this week that, that Todd Cuddy's going to stay at Nissan, uh, obviously good news for him, but yeah, and big, big news at the team as well. I mean, obviously they could have tried to, to get uh, a pay driver in maybe to, to help uh, balance the books a bit, um, but yeah, it looks like there wasn't an option there to, to go for, so um, I guess if they're going to fund anyone, then, then Todd would be uh, happy to, to sit in his own, uh, his own car once again, so um, I guess... For them, like you say, yeah, a lot of work to do, but by the sounds of things, they're well on the way to, to closing that gap uh, for next year. So it um, should be quite interesting to see what they come up with over the winter, or yeah, summer rather. Will be indeed. Uh, also, folks, uh, interesting in Jamie Wing Cup. He's, well, Fox Sports and News Limited were saying he starred in the race of champions. Of course, it's being reported a bit more uh, sedately elsewhere. Jamie Wing Cup, by all accounts, did very well he made the semi-finals in the uh, individual races he adapted this time um, to driving um, different sorts of cars and often on the wrong side of the car compared with uh, well it was two years ago when he first competed in the race of champions which at that stage was in uh, Bangkok Thailand Thailand it um, got cancelled last year because of the unrest there so um, I think Jamie should be pleased with himself and um, probably did as well as he uh, could expect, although I don't think anyone expected David Coulthard, you know, a reasonably long-time retired Formula One driver now, um, scooping the pool in the individual runoffs. But I don't know. Obviously, DC was uh, relaxed and, and on it, and um, he cleaned up. But um, no, I think 
Wind Cup represented Australia um, extremely well, and uh, he and Duan as well. They weren't um, embarrassed, um, especially in the uh, Nations Cup, the Teams Cup, the day before. So overall, yeah, mm. he good was, result. He was quite dirty on himself when he came back from Bangkok last time that he felt that he uh, hadn't perhaps been able to give it everything he's got. He was ill-prepared, I think was uh, how he put it. So um, he certainly didn't let the opportunity go to waste the second time round. Now, a story in Fairfax, which I think you might have wrote, is uh, talking about the Gen 2 car where other marks are being tipped to replace Ford. And in light of the news today that Volvo might not have a future in motorsport internationally... It's going to be interesting to see just how many manufacturers we will have in a few years' time. Ironically, the Gen 2 supercar rules would actually suit um, the way Volvo is heading. Um, They would be much more appropriate than the current regulations. As we know, there's no V8 engine at all in the Volvo road car lineup, but they're and they're moving towards you know turbocharged. Four cylinders and I think even turbo triples. Um, that's their long-term future. Um, and the new rules will, uh, in 2017, open up V8 supercars to other engine configurations, as we all know, um, including, you know, say, a two-litre turbocharged engine of some kind. So as the rules are moving more in in line with where Volvo's going, um, they're making noises about, um, well not just pulling out of V8 supercars, potentially, but pulling out of motorsport full stop. Their um, marketing guy, as you've already related, has gone on record as saying he just doesn't think it it suits the brand's image, <laughs> whatever that may be these days. Um, certainly their V8 supercars involvement has um, made the Volvo brand a lot cooler for young people here. It hasn't sold any more cars, but it's, you know, it's certainly changed the... Um, perception of Volvos, you know, and um, turn back the stereotype of Volvo drivers being slow and Volvos, you know, being boring cars. Um, But Volvo, according to this marketing boss, are looking like not just getting out of motorsport, but all sorts of mainstream promotion and advertising, you know, apart from apparently the Volvo around the world yachting race and moving more into digital advertising. So... um, the times are a changing, as they say, and um, for Volvo, the changes here may not be enough. Mm. It's going to be interesting to see what sort of bounce, because you can't expect a bounce in the first year of sales like uh, like we would expect for a car, like we would for fast-moving consumer goods. It'll be what happens in year two and three on uh, the movement of cars. Up. My simple well, it may bit. never shift more metal as such, but mm. if if the aim was to change Volvo's image in Australia, it's certainly done that, but you could successfully argue that it's been a very, very expensive way to do that. Yes, indeed. We need to take a break here. On the other side of the break, we'll hear from Volvo's current boss, Kevin McCann. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Bought Radio Facebook page. (laughs) 
Tune in each weekday morning for a fast-paced look at V8 supercars with Supercars Today. It's a short, sharp look at what's happening across the V8 supercars world. The only, only things Ross is ever critical on are the things that A, going to make the car go faster or B, going to make the race team look better. So he's um, he's, he's honestly taken on board the, the team and, and almost, you know, it's, it's great to see how much actually he's passionate. It's supercars Today, each weekday morning at sportradio.com.au or sign up for the podcast on iTunes. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard from Lockwood Racing, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels through the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do after, um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptors and the family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Dale Wood from Team Advam GB Gal, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Volvo's first year in V8 supercars has certainly from the outside been a successful one. From inside the Volvo Australia perspective, how have you seen the uh, the advantages of being in the V8 supercar series? Well, it, it was a program that I inherited partway through the season with a change of management, but I have to say that I'm really impressed with what it's done to our organisation and our dealer organisation in terms of uh, giving everyone a sense of being able to take on something challenging and complex and bring about very positive results. I think the, the way we've worked with the team, with our hospitality, engaging with our sponsors g- gives the whole um, exercise a critical mass that, that builds our awareness and really positions our brand in the place we'd like it to be. How big a change do you think it has been over Clipsal, where Scott McLaughlin gets on the podium in the second race of the year? Oh, sorry, the first race of the year, and now when we're coming in and Scott's battling for the uh, pole position award. Well, I think that uh, we couldn't have asked for a better start to uh, our first racing season than the kind of debut that we had at, at Clipsall. And I think it also um, emphasises our choice in team and drivers in, in, the, in the way we communicated that. I mean, th- that those quotations from Scott have just... Uh, from Scott... Um, uh, when he got out of the car after Clipsal, have just echoed around the world, and it, uh, that, 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 those few words have met, made him very famous and firmly cemented his his personality as part of the personality of Volvo as well. Obviously, from your perspective, it's about leads and getting people in to ask about your cars. Have you seen the? enough growth in that area to justify the business or have I misread what you're here for? Well it's a, it's a really good question um, and like most good questions it doesn't have a simple answer. Um, on the one hand we can see quite clear spikes in inquiry in the weeks after a, a motorsport event. There's no, there's no question that it, that it spikes. However given the, the state of the market and a few other things that have, that have happened the general inquiry trend has been has been down so for us to sit here today and say we are now selling more cars than we were a year ago isn't correct we're selling about the same number but i think having this exercise has helped us cope with a very difficult market situation so i guess it's just a case now of balancing how leads can be turned into sales yeah, well, I think our, we, our dealer organisation already does a very good job of that. Um, you know, our, we perform to industry ratios. We measure these things quite closely, and we have lots of statistics to show us where we stand. And we're, we're quite we're quite satisfied with our 
what we call our conversion rate. Um, however, what Motorsport also does from a dealer perspective, it's, it gives them something to talk to the customers about. It's not just about this is the car, this is the price, this is the finance. They can talk about a whole experience and a, and, 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 and a brand that is, is designed around certain values. You know, of course, safety is always um, an important value for Volvo, but performance now becomes also something that we can speak about with pride and enthusiasm. This week we have seen the announcement that in 2017... Viet supercars are going to be willing to have other engines, other configurations of body shell and and the like come into Viet supercars. Does that mean you might be able to have changes in what you're doing now that will better reflect and make it feel more like the the Polestar and the Volvos that you have got in the dealers' shops? Well, look, certainly the new regulations, from what we understand of them, and we've seen them at a high level um, in 2017, give us the technical capability of, of, of being involved. Of course, it's got to be, at the end of the day, a commercial decision rather than a technical decision. So, But all the stars are aligned, uh, then, and, and it's the right thing to do at the last point of making that decision. We'll, we'll, we will proceed. If they're not, well, then we'll have to think about something else. But, but um, certainly we, we will monitor very closely... The, the effect of this activity, and if it conti- if it continues to be a good thing, well then we'll look at the best ways we can keep keep working with it. Obviously, this week the announcement was tempered with the news that Ford's leaving. How does something like a manufacturer pulling out affect your involvement, and in fact, what you might gain or lose from that? Well, that's that's for that's part of the commercial decision that you have to make at that future point in, in time. If uh, the departure of manufacturers means that the um, the strength of the series is diluted in any way. Of course, you have to then take that into account in your decision-making process. But at this stage, um, we'll, we'll, there's been one manufacturer leave this year, but we've seen two and, two and one semi-private manufacturer come in. So you know, th- there's more upside in that aspect than there is downside. Well, we're looking forward to a, a big year in 2015 for Gary Rogers and Volvo as well with the Polestar brand. We are as well and um, I'm sure we're going to get there with our, with our new package of sponsors, a fantastic car and, and the new driver lineup. The views expressed on Inside Supercars including the panellists and guests do not reflect the views of the network Thunder Media or Sport Radio any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think, is a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Fiat Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back and we're unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth from Erebus Motorsport, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars with Mark Fogarty and also to Tom Howard. And Tom, the Gen 2 car, we spoke about it a bit before the interview there. And do you foresee an increase in manufacturers and particularly public interest with the change? Coming from your English background, I imagine that two-litre touring cars are something you're a bit more comfortable with watching. Yeah, no, you're quite right. But just to go back to, to that Volvo situation, I mean, obviously they've, over the years, they've pulled out of, of motorsport before. And as we saw with British touring cars in the 90s, they were heavily involved and, and, and dropped back. But they've always seemed to have 
an influence um, with the Polestar brand. So like even when Volvo wasn't actually a manufacturer back, the Polestar cars would still run in the Scandinavian series and even the World Touring Car Championship to, to some extent. So it might, might actually just be a case of it might be a Polestar team rather than a Volvo team to that extent. But yeah, going back to your original question, the um, the two yeah two latest thing is is obviously what you see in Europe and and as we've seen with the regulations that that uh, DTM have just put out as well as on the Super GT, it is seems seems that it's the future and um, it, yeah it's difficult to say because the way V8s have obviously released this it's kind of like they're trying to trying to appease everyone. Um, which may be quite difficult to actually attract new manufacturers in a way because it kind of sort of gives out the impression they're not quite sure which avenue they want to go down uh, to some extent. So uh, I don't know. I mean, it's great that it opens up the doors, and yes, it would be easier for a manufacturer to to actually get involved in this series. But uh, yeah, it's, I guess the proof will be in the pudding. We we'll just have to see what um, what uh, how the manufacturers take to this. Obviously, they've canvassed opinion, so I guess they must feel confident that this will work. Mm. Folks, it is a bit of back to the future. We're talking about going back to, you know, almost to where we were um, before the V8 in 1990, 91, 92. It does smack a bit of the Group A era, era back in the 80s and very early 90s. Opening up V8 supercars, or as it will undoubtedly become just supercars, to different kinds of engines apart from V8s, which will remain the stable in the foreseeable future. You know, there's probably nothing to lose. It's going to be more interesting to some manufacturers who will just never consider V8s because a lot of manufacturers are hung up on this idea that, you know, the race cars have got to reflect more accurately the the powertrain layouts and configurations in the road cars. Um, That's why some manufacturers, you know, uh, stuck with um, super touring for so long because you know they were they couldn't see past anything other than front wheel drive, which is you know what all their road cars were. Um, Lexus has already expressed some interest in at least looking at the the new regulations. That's encouraging. Um, whether we get any more in, you know, we're already facing Ford, you know, being effectively out next year, and then when the new regs come in, that's about the time that. Nissan and Volvo will, would be looking to renewing and whether they're, you know, retained is the big question mark and whether new manufacturers will come in to add to what we've already got or indeed have to replace, you know, some of the incumbents um, right now. It's a, it's a big question mark and it's going to be a delicate balancing act for, for V8 supercars because their chief executive, James Warburton, has maintained that even letting in different kinds of engines, the cars will still be loud, they'll still be, the noise will still be a big part of the spectacle. Well, that will be an interesting puzzle for them to see how they can make, say, a two-litre or some sort of turbocharged four-cylinder car, you know, sound loud and sexy. Um, You know, a V6 twin turbo may be a little easier, but there'll certainly be a lot of different sounds and it'll be in stark contrast, at least initially, because the traditional V8s will still be there. Yep, and that's the uh, the big thing. You'd be coming in like Nissan have, like Volvo have, like uh, Erebus have, and you're going to be going up against technology that's rock solid with technology that unless you can import something from another racing series directly, 
it's going to have a lot of development work. And even what we see with Nissan, and uh, I mentioned before with Todd Kelly, who's at this moment scratching his head going, we got screwed on our engine regulations because we told them well to, well, in my opinion, told them a year before and they made sure that we had the most difficult time building an engine to suit, whereas all the others said, we're coming and this is what we're going to do and it got rubber stamped. We've got Todd Kelly now over this Christmas period scratching his head going, I need to, you know, change this engine configuration to match more closely what the others have done to get us the power we need, but that's going to cost a lot of money and if Nissan stay, they're probably going to want us to go, you know, V6 twin turbo to match what their performance line is and I will have burnt all this money developing an engine for three years' time to have to throw it out again and start again. So it's it's quite an interesting little period we're going to be going through, folks. Well, V8s are risking opening a Pandora's box because not only will different engine, config- engine configurations be allowed, but also different body configurations, you know, most likely two-door coupes, um, still four-seaters, but... Well, that's the intention, but just recently the boss of Nissan Australia is saying that, oh, well, we might look at, you know, if we stay in uh, past 2016, you know, in 2017, we might look at running the Nissan GTR, you know, body shape. Well, I'm sorry, but that is entirely out of the spirit of, of these new regulations, or if it isn't, it should be, because that's clearly a GT car, and if suddenly we... We veer off on a tangent and we ended up, you know, having all sorts of, you know, GT-style cars, you know, just sneaking under the wire because they notionally have four seats. Um, Well, we're just back to the, you know, ultimate chaos that was caused in Group A back in particularly the 80s when you, um, well, you had, you know, what in hindsight was a nonsense of a, you know, a GT almost sports car in the Jaguar XJS running um, you know, Mustangs and Camaros, Dodge Challengers, those sort of, you know, what you would describe as sedan-based coupes are fine in my book, but if we start going down the semi or fully GT road, well, that's a disaster. And, of course, this was one of the reasons, Tom, that we had so much speculation over the last few weeks that V8 supercars were going after the Australian GT series because, obviously, manufacturers are already involved in GT racing, and V8s see them as an obvious threat. Mm, yes, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, when that story obviously broke, it was, it was quite interesting to see, but um, it would make sense if they were to try and, you know, purchase that championship just for their, for their own good, and, and not just for that, but obviously the threat that GT3 obviously poses to to uh, V8 supercars as well as a, as a growing, you know, established formula across the world. So... It, it is interesting, but obviously they part of the reason for that, I guess, is because they want to be more uh, closely aligned with the support series with all the uh, with the new TV deal that um, we have for next year. So, um, yeah, no, I can. It's very interesting to see how that would develop. Obviously, we've seen that Tony Quinn has come out and said that uh, it's not for sale. It was just uh, you know just talks with along the lines of what I've just previously said. So. Um, yeah, it, 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 you're absolutely right because um, it would be a prime target to, to lock in those potential manufacturers if they were to try and get a few more on the on the board for V8 supercars in the future. Mm, well, we'll talk about some threats and opportunities right after the break here on Inside Supercars. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. 
Hi, I'm Nick Perkett from HHA Racing. You are listening to Inside V8 Supercars. Tune in each weekday morning for a fast-paced look at V8 Supercars with Supercars Today. It's a short, sharp look at what's happening across the V8 Supercars world. The only, only things Ross is ever critical on are things that A, going to make the car go faster or B, going to make the race team look better. So he's um, he's, he's honestly taken on board the, the team and, and almost, you know, it's, it's great to see how much actually he's passionate. It's Supercars Today, each weekday morning at sportradio.com.au or sign up for the podcast on iTunes. Hi, I'm Scott Pye from Wilson Security, Dick Johnson Racing, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars, where Tom Howard from Speed Cafe and Mark Fogarty from Fairfax, Auto Action, and, well, who knows what might be in 2015. But uh, the Penske factor, folks, I'll go to you first, because a lot of talk about what this team's going to do as a one-car team. There's talk uh, one stage they might have three cars. I even heard... uh, I think it was tongue-in-cheek. One of the engineers I was speaking to heard that they're going to have five different style cars like they have in NASCAR just to go to each race with. I think that's a fanciful notion. It will be interesting to see what sort of resources that the Penske organisation does pour into what is currently Dick Johnson Racing for the new DJR Team Penske entity. Roger Penske has a reputation for certainly funding his team's um, you know, to a very comfortable level, but he's also not known for just throwing money at things. Um, he'll probably have to fund most of the team uh, for the first, certainly, season, maybe two and up to three. After that, he'll certainly be looking for substantial, you know, commercial backing. Um, there will be a, a NASCAR touch to Marcus Ambrose's car next year, I gather. Um, in fact, I don't gather, I know that. that it will feature rolling sponsorship um, very much in the NASCAR style, so they'll turn up at different rounds with um, different primary sponsors, um, much of which will reflect Penske's um, truck and bus distribution uh, network in Australia um, that brought him into V8 supercars in the first place. Um, but I, I don't see initially at least that suddenly huge millions and millions will be spent on the operation and that suddenly everyone's going to have to to lift the bar. In terms of presentation and and preparation, yes, there might be a lift in standards, although I don't think there's anything wrong with the top teams or any of the teams um, in that regard. Um, And we don't know yet just the level of staffing and where they'll come from, as in, you know, how many more um, from his American operation will come in. So I I think next year, for what will essentially be a one-car operation... um, still not fully clear how they're going to run this, the second racing entitlement contract, um, the second entry, whether it's run as a customer car for Super Black Racing, the new Kiwi team, um, as a customer car out of Stapleton, or whether it's um, sublet and prepared elsewhere, or you know whether it is, Super Black ends up at, um, as part of FPR replacing Charlie Schwerkolt, who would then go off to Walkinshaw to replace James Rosenberg. It's getting complicated, isn't it? Mm, yeah. yeah it is. um, but anyway, essentially, team, uh, DJR Team Penske will be a one-car operation focusing on Marcus Ambrose. Um, so they'll get through next year, learn a lot, and I think we'll see the real DJR Team Penske in its full flight, and that will be two cars in... 2016, probably if they can if they can get one um, with a star driver alongside a, a local star driver.
Mm. Now, Tom, Tim Sindrick has, has said quite often that their, their goal is to make V8 supercars as successful as possible because there's no point being the best car in a rinky-dink operation. Not that I'm saying V8 supercars is rinky-dink, by the way. But their goal is to improve V8 supercars. And one thing I've noticed in discuss- discussions with them, and particularly in Western Star branding, is it looks like they're going to be working very, very closely with FPR, almost hand in glove. Yeah, uh, I, I guess so. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, just to go back to the original point, um, we've obviously seen already that they've, uh, Penske have brought out their IndyCar crew um, for that first round in Sydney, so it kind of gives you a, a little inkling as to how serious um, and what what might be afoot in the future, uh, you know, for that car. Um, and, and certainly, yeah, it will give the uh, the rest of the field a bit of a, a kick up the backside, maybe. But um, yeah, just to go back to your original point, yeah, I guess that yeah, they will be working pretty closely. Yeah. Mm. Now, Tom, changing topics now. Uh, Jeremy Moore is going to leave Red Bull to pursue some other opportunities that he's been looking at. Any chance Grant McPherson isn't going to be the second high-profile FPR move in two years? Yeah, it does look as though um, Grant will be will be going to to Red Bull um, to replace Jeremy Moore. Um, it looks like Jeremy's obviously going potentially going to Europe by the looks of things, and sounds quite interesting in, from from my point of view as to where he will go if he if he does go to Europe and DTM potentially is an option. Um, Ludo has obviously worked in DTM, so there may be some, some link there that he might be able to, to secure himself something. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's all changed, isn't it? So it's going to be very... It's another interesting factor for, for, for next season, definitely. Mm. And, folks, what next for Pi and Percat? Percat had a great first year. Uh, Scott Pye was improving all the time in the Dick Johnson cars. No room left in the end, is there? That's the problem. They're two bright young stars on the rise who should have drives and um, certainly in Percat's case fully justified his return this year. Um, but it doesn't look at the moment if there's uh, anywhere for them to go. I mean, I suppose there are two seats left at the newly re-expanded or what will be the newly re-expanded two-car Lucas Dumbrell motorsport operation. But I think that team is desperately in need of funding and you know, the well-heeled drivers of the likes of Chris Pither are probably set to go there, um, bringing backing with them. But in a, you know, in a fair world, both Scott Pye and Nick Perkett um, would easily pick up drives, but it doesn't appear, certainly both of them won't, and it's only a slim chance that one of them may possibly otherwise. They're going to have to sit it out for a year and um, hope for some holes to open up in 2016 but um, it's something that shouldn't happen but this is the commercial reality of well not just V8 supercars but motorsport you know it often relies heavily on well what we dismissively term pay drivers but at least um, drivers who main attraction is bringing commercial support to a team. Mm. I've I've struggled to see Scott Pye going back to Dumbrell Mm. not that you never say never, but I just struggle to see that one um, after comments made this year. But anyway, a break and then a final thought here on Inside Supercars. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. 
Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do after, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bottolo Racing Team, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. A final thought, Tom Howard. Um, yeah, well, it's, um, it's certainly been um, a, a pretty amazing season, really, but I guess my, my final thought is really um, just just what are we gonna what are we gonna see next year? I mean, we've seen sort of the glimpses of the new guns coming through this year. Will will it be a case of that Scott McLaughlin can really actually challenge next year and um, could we actually really see an upset and, and see maybe Jamie Winkup not win the championship next year mm. Folks What we need is for someone anyone please to step up and truly take on Triple Eight We desperately need them to have some consistent and concerted competition throughout the season you know, it's no good it coming in bursts like, you know, we got our hopes up early this year that FPR might finally take them on. Well, you know, it's just like sand slipping through your fingers, the way that went. Um, HRT showed some signs of improvement, but they're not there yet. Um, Volvo Polestar Racing um, were very promising in Volvo's first season, and Scott McLaughlin is obviously a future superstar. Um, but can they make the next step next year and... You know, can that operation, which is essentially Gary Rogers Motorsport, can it ever get up and consistently challenge Triple Eight? Well, you know, that's the, that's the big question mark. One of many. Um, another one being, you know, how is Marcus Ambrose really going to go? And it's not just him; it's how is how how DJR Team Penske is going to go, and that's going to be one to watch very carefully. There'll be a lot of attention on that operation and on Marcus again, as there was in Sydney. He struggled there, eventually got to probably where he should have been, you know, midfield-ish. Um, but they've got to do it every race, every round next year. And meantime, you know, you're looking at the field and who can challenge Triple Eight. Well, the sport desperately needs someone to take on that team and for someone to topple Jamie Wincup. Mm. I don't think it's been reported, but by my rough maths, it's six years since there wasn't a triple eight car, I'm talking chassis now, that was in the top two in the championship. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. And, you know, what does it say, really, when the, the second best team, essentially, and, and certainly the second in the championship, you know, was Shane Van Gisbergen and... Um, Techno Autosports in a, in a triple eight built car, and that's just a little one car operation, and it it came sailing in at the end. So, um, you know, yep. the rest of the field really has to step up for for the sake of the sport. You know, and this is no knock on triple eight whatsoever, or Win Cup, or even Craig Lowndes. No knock on them whatsoever. It's the others really just have to lift their game, and that's organisationally, that's technically, and it's also commercially, and that's probably the biggest challenge they face. Mm. Yeah, it is going to be interesting times ahead, certainly for the bank balances of all these team owners, and a new TV deal, which 
I think is going to go the right way, but I seem to be in a minority. Merry Christmas, folks. We look forward to reading your scribbles, scribbling, in the new year. (laughs) Thank you very much, Greg. Yes, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and to all the listeners, your loyal fans, and Tom, to you and all the guys at Speed Cafe. Happy holidays as well. Thanks. Uh, Merry Christmas to you both and, um, and have a new year. That's all we have time for this week on the show. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. Inside Supercars.